today's episode of Real People, Real God, Misu and Lindsay continue their Through the Bible character series with the story of Abraham and the sign of God's covenant. Hi, this is Misu. And this is Lindsay. Welcome back, everyone. We're so glad you could join us again today. Misu, how are you doing today? I am doing well, doing well. I've got, um, uh, I, I'm on my second cup of coffee and I've uh, got, a, got a laundry list of things to do. And this is one of the joys on my laundry list of things to do. I'm excited about talking to you today. Yeah, How are you? I love it. What's happening in your work? I'm doing well. I am on my second official day of summer, so I'm Yay! doing great also. <laughs> yes. And uh, enjoying a cup of coffee, reading a book, and things oh, like that. Sleeping in a little bit extra look today, you, you know, know, summer That's mode. Awesome. Which I'll, I'll get going with some things soon. But for today, what a wonderful morning. Reading a book and oh. talking with you. <laughs> So, Yay. Well, let's yes. dive into this Through the Bible character series again here. This week, we're going to continue our story through Abram's life. And last time we ended with our real God cutting a covenant with Abram while he slept. And that was mm-hmm. that one-sided, unconditional covenant with a sign that Abraham would have understa- understood in his time and culture, that cutting of the animals mm-hmm. in half and creating that corridor of blood where God walked his presence through that with a smoking pot and a flaming torch. And in that covenant, God assured Abram of his personal blessing, that he would be a blessing to all nations and that God would give him the land on which he stood and that he would give him offspring. So offspring is what we're going to be talking about some today, Lindsay. So why don't you lead us in? Tell us what these real people are doing next. Well, this section of our story begins about 10 years after God initially called Abram to leave Haran. And so Misu wrote, you wrote last week um, in your blog, I think, basically a little bit about Abram and Sarai still have not received the promised blessing of their offspring. They're growing impatient. Um, Sarai gives her maidservant Hagar to Abram in hopes of beginning her family through Hagar. And I think you talked a little bit about that. Yeah, not a great idea. So bad idea. um, Hagar does, in fact, conceive a child, and once she's pregnant, she begins to despise Sarai, and so in turn, mm-hmm. Sarai also grows to despise Hagar. <laughs> this is not a great situation. Yep, um, see, bad and, idea. Yeah. Yep. And so she mistreats her so badly that Hagar flees. And I know you wrote about this on your blog. And even though this is just a little bit of the section of Abraham's story, and this isn't even really a part about him, but there's this bit where our real God shows up to pregnant hurt, scared Hagar in the desert. And I just love that. She's not even the key person in our story. Mm -hmm. She's the Egyptian maidservant. She's now carrying this child born of impatience, really. You know, it's like Sarai's plan B child and not the child that God had promised. But our real God shows up for her, shows up for Hagar in the desert. And I think, you know, we've been talking about our real God who wants to relate to us and reveal himself to us. And this is what he's doing with Hagar. And Hagar names him in this whole section. She gives him a name, the God who sees me. Um, Mm, I have now seen the God who sees me um, because he shows up to her. He meets her in her distress and he also talks to her. He instructs her, um, he sends her back to her mistress, Sarai, and tells her to go back and submit to her. 
ouch, that's not, ouch. not quite that's a great, you know, God who sees Ew. me and sends me back to my trouble. Not yeah. so great, but he also gives her a promise of numerous descendants through this child she's bearing through a son, Ishmael. And even mm-hmm. the name that God gives her for her son, Ishmael, means God hears. And so right. even this name of her son is a reminder that our real God knows you, hears you, sees you. I just I just love that little bit of the section. So even though that's not about Abraham, I love that our real God in his wonderful goodness and kindness hears Hagar and shows up to her. So yeah. I think that's yeah. great. So Misu, why don't you tell us a little bit about what happens um, when Hagar returns to them? Kind of what happens next? Well, she does eventually bear this son and Abram is the one who names him Ishmael. So that tells us that Hagar had some kind of conversation with Abram and was able to tell him about her encounter with his God in the desert. So I love that, that she was Mm -hmm. at least, you know, who knows what their relationship was like after she came back after trying to run away as a slave. Um, But at least she told Abram about this encounter in the desert. But okay, stop and think about this, Lindsay. She has this this child, Sarai had thought that this was going to, you know, just be cotton balls and clouds, this wonderful, <laughs> you know, the, the maid servant was going to bear a child for her and, and they right. were all going to be one wonderful. big happy family. No, Super. that's not. <laughs> so think of the constant tension that this baby boy was raised in. Can you yeah. imagine? So mm-hmm. it's no wonder that, you know, God's, God said Ishmael would be a wild donkey of a man whose hand would be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he'd mm-hmm. live in hostility toward his brothers. I mean, is it any wonder that, yeah. that the environment that he would have grown up in, can you imagine? So, all right. So now our story is going to jump ahead 13 years. Ishmael is 13 years old and Abraham, Abram is now 99 years old. And can you imagine how Abram feels about this son? Mm-hmm. 13 year old son. He's had 13 years to just fall in love with his firstborn. Mm-hmm. And our real God appears to him again with now a sign of the covenant that he initiates for Abram mm-hmm. to do. He wants, yeah. he's now God has walked through the, the corridor of blood and the smoking with a smoking pot and the blazing torch. And now he says, okay, Abram, here's a sign for you to do to make yeah. a covenant with me. So tell us about that, Lindsay. Yeah. Okay. There's this whole long conversation that Abram has mm-hmm. with God, and there are a lot of things that happen in yeah. this in this conversation. God does a lot of things here. So I'm going to kind of try to run through some of them and not get us all confused about it. Um, so first <laughs> of all, when God starts talking to Abram, he renames Abram. In Genesis 17, verse 5 through 7, God says, No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations, I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. So he's giving him this new name, Abraham. This is the name we all know. Now we can finally start calling him Abraham. I've been forgetting and trying to, it's hard to keep calling him Abram this whole time. It is. It is. Now here's something (laughs) that was very interesting to me. You know, before when he was Abram, God had continually said descendants, descendants like Mm -hmm. the stars and blah, blah, blah. But this is the first time that I recall him saying kings will come Hmm. from you. And then later in this promise and in this discussion, God is, when he talks about Ishmael 
God is going to say something about Ishmael. He's going to be the father of 12 rulers. Hmm. And and that, I think, is the first time that we hear anything about royalty coming from Abram yeah. is through Ishmael. Yeah. So I, I love Very this whole, and I'm getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Yeah, Sorry about that, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I, I love that, that um, Ishmael, even though we know, you know, looking back thousands of years, we know that Ishmael was not the son of promise. Um, it, he was the son of, you know, the kings were going to come from Ishmael. And yeah, so I, I love that definitely. about our tender-hearted God. So, okay, yeah. go ahead. So, so first of all, he renames, yep, and gives him Abraham, father of many nations. And mm-hmm. then second of all, he goes on to reaffirm the covenant. You know, we talked last right. time how many times God showed up and just reaffirmed his covenant with Abraham. And so in this conversation, he does that again. He states basically the same things he said before. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God. I love that. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. just, I will be your God Um, and the God of your descendants. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants. And I will be their God. That's the thing I love about this time when he reaffirms the covenant. I will be your God. And we saw last time he took the initiative. He was the only one who walked through that corridor of blood. Our real God is a God who says, I will be your God. I will do it. (laughs) And I just, I love that he does that. So secondly, he reaffirms his covenant with Abraham. And then next, he establishes this sign of the covenant that you were alluding to, that you're beginning to get to, um, this sign of the covenant for Abraham and for all of his descendants. And so remember last time we had this sign of the covenant while Abram was sleeping, the the smoking pot, the blazing torch passing through the corridor of blood. And that was a sign, a tangible sign for Abram, something he could recognize. But it was really just for him, just for Abram individually between him and God. Um, Right. But now our real God is establishing a sign of the covenant for all of those who will be part of this covenant, for all of Abraham's descendants. And this sign is kind of painful, kind of harsh, maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit unusual. We'll talk about it more in a minute. Misu, I think you're going to tell us more in a few minutes, but it's the sign of circumcision for all the males in the camp. So this is a... And we'll come back um, to that. Yeah, a sign of the covenant, a tangible sign for um, Abraham and all of his descendants. God is giving them a sign of this. So that's that's another thing he does in this conversation. And then he also renames Sarai. He gives her a new name. Um, a few verses later, he says, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and I will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings and peoples will come from her. Kings, so this is a kings. new thing that he said. Uh, this is yeah. a new thing he has said about Sarah. And uh-huh. Abraham, he has this f- sort of funny reaction. He laughs. Abraham is like, ha, huh, really? <laughs> um, I, but seriously, okay, this hit me for the first time, Lindsay. All this time, these 13 years, I yeah. think Abraham thought, Abram, whatever his name was for these 13 years, <laughs> right. I, I think he thought it was a done deal. He yeah. thought Ishmael was it. Mm-hmm. He thought, here's the child of the covenant. Yeah. Because, I mean, that was the plan. Sarai said, here, take my maidservant. You can have children through her and that'll take care of whatever mm-hmm. God said. So for 13 years, he thought they were well into the plan. 
This is what yeah. God meant. This is what we were we're doing. This is and the this plan. is the first time that God has said, "I will give you a son by Sarah." This is the first exactly. time God has proclaimed that to Abraham. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, that's a that's a little detail that God had left out previously, right? <laughs> so yeah. I mean, this had to be an incredible shock to him, and so mm-hmm. so instead of just blindly saying, "Oh." Thou hast declared it, Lord God. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Abraham reacts like a real person. And he's like, mm-hmm. yo, wait, what about Ishmael? And he asks that Ishmael would receive the blessing instead. Yeah. He says, this is my, I love this kid. He is my treasure. Sure. You know, can you, can you give the blessing to Ishmael? So yeah. What, and what happens this then? is where I love. Yeah. This is where I love what our real God does. You know, how often do I say, oh, great, Lord, thou hast declared that it is so I'm I'm great with that. I'm yeah, cool with no. that. No, mm-hmm. I mean, so often I say, but wait, what about this? And <laughs> yeah. just how wonderful our real God is that he meets us there when I say, mm-hmm. hey, wait a minute. What about this? And that's yeah. what that's what our real God does with Abraham at the end of this conversation. So finally, in this conversation, Abraham is like, what about Ishmael? And our real God says, he, our real God finally makes a distinction between, okay, Sarah is going to give you a son, and this is the son through whom I will extend my covenant. This is the son of the covenant, the child of the covenant. But he also says, I hear you, and I have heard you, and and I will bless Ishmael. Ishmael will be blessed. And so God, God hears Abraham, but also says, but here's what I'm doing. And I love that our real God meets us in that way and makes this distinction. Um, yeah, that's, that's just amazing. So this yes. conversation in Genesis chapter 17 is just a whole lot of shaking up of Abraham's world. I mean, that's just a whole lot of things that have just happened. But we want to mm-hmm. talk a little bit more specifically about the sign of the circumcision. Um, so Misu, what does Abraham do next? Tell us a little bit more about this sign of the covenant. What happens with what happens next? Well, the, you know, the great thing is Abraham obeys. And um, we've seen so many instances so far where they, uh, real people don't obey. And yeah. I love Abraham. He obeys. And yeah. bless his heart in a really difficult situation. <laughs> and and good for Ishmael. A 13-year-old obeys his father and his God and willingly submits to circumcision. Can you imagine your 13-year-old listening out there? uh, Yeah, submitting (laughs) to circumcision. Um, I I never had boys, but I I know several 13-year-old boys, and I just can't see it happening. So (laughs) that's amazing. It really is. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about what this keep this covenant. So God said to Abraham, Genesis 17, 9 and 14, God said to Abraham, as for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you for generations to come. Mm -hmm. What does it mean? What did he mean by keep this covenant? Well, as I looked in my study Bible, it explained it as to make God his God and to be loyal in faith and obedience. Hmm. And, And then it says, any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off. Get it? Cut off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cut yeah. From his <laughs> we'll people. Will be circumcised from his people. <laughs> exactly. He has mm-hmm. broken my covenant. And so this whole idea, um, it, it's like saying when you, when you, uh, when these men and boys were circumcised, it's as it, it's the same binding covenant as when God walk, walked through that 
quarter of blood, they're saying, if I am not loyal in faith and obedience to Abraham's God, may the sword of the Lord cut off me and my offspring as I have cut off my foreskin. I mean, it is that kind of a a binding contract there. And it's unilateral. It's something that it can't be undone. It's something Mm -hmm. that they um, willingly do. It's something that is always with them, inescapable. It's something that you don't they get rid see. of that kind of a sign. You, <laughs> nope. You don't get rid of that. You can't undo that. Um, it, right. And it, and it's constant. It's something they see every day. It, you know, it's mm-hmm. a constant reminder, but you know what? Here's the thing that blew me away. God initiated this sign of the covenant when Ishmael was still in the household. We're going to hmm. talk about, I think next podcast when Isaac is is born mm-hmm. and we see that Sarah gets kind of antsy and nervous about how Ishmael acts around Isaac and she has Abraham send Ishmael away hmm. God could have waited to initiate this sign of the covenant until Ishmael was out of the household mm-hmm. and the sign of the covenant covenant could have been completely saved and and only for the covenant child yeah but he didn't hmm. he gave the sign of the covenant to the child who was not a son of the covenant yeah it was to all of abraham's household and i love that because what that means then is that the sign of the covenant is already touching the nations of the world. Hmm. So the blessing of Abraham yeah. that is extending right. to all the nations has Through already Through you, begun. I will bless all peoples. Yeah, there that, you go. the whole part of the blessing. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So the distinction, there is a distinction still to be made. Isaac is the covenant promise child. Mm-hmm. Ishmael is the covenant blessing child. So hmm. Ishmael still receives the blessings of Abraham, just like all the nations will. But yeah. Isaac receives the covenant promise, the land, the specific covenant promise that God made was with Isaac and through Sarah's offspring. Mm-hmm. So I, I yeah. love how these It's very clear in this one little microcosm story in scripture, what God is doing throughout the entire book of of the the scripture, the entire story of of God's word. So I love that. So now the next next part of this story kind of takes a little bit of a strange twist. And God steps into the story again. He, He, after the circumcisions are done, then uh, we don't know how much time passes, but Lindsay, tell us kind of this next strange twist when, when God comes in the form of three visitors. Yeah. So we have this really weird encounter with God where God appears to Abraham in the form of three visitors, which is, which is just funny. He, Abraham looks up and there are these three men standing nearby and it's like, what is happening? <laughs> um, this is, is this God in the Trinity? What's going on here? How how does Abe know that these are, you know, that this is God? But 
it scripture tells us that God appears to Abraham. So we know that this is God appearing in the form of these three visitors, though it's really strange and bizarre to me. But anyways, yeah. Abraham sees them, apparently knows that it's God. Abraham leaps leaps up to meet them. He invites them to stay for a meal. They agree. And so he hurries around to prepare this meal for them. He asks Sarah to bake some bread. He picks out a choice calf to prepare for them. He brings them some curds and some milk. And he's just going all out for these visitors, for this encounter with God that he's having here. And so he feeds them all this food. And while they're eating, they're near Abraham's tents, and these three visitors, one of them asks about Sarah, you know, where's where's Sarah? Where is she? And Abraham says, oh, she's over there in the tent, which is fairly nearby. And then one of the visitors says to Abraham, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. This is like, okay, God has just said... I will give you a son through Sarah, but this is the more specific, like in a year. This, this is happening next year. now. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. happening now. And Sarah, meanwhile, overhears this conversation from the tent. She's nearby and she yeah. just laughs. She laughs to herself thinking, really? Seriously? I'm, I'm old. Like, how can this yeah. happen? You know, LOL, yeah. JK, mm-hmm. to use some yeah. of the, the young people vernacular. That I'm used to. <laughs> yeah. LOL, JK, visitors, yeah. good joke, mm-hmm. like, way yeah. to go. And, you know, what, what is going on here? So there's these three visitors. There's this promise, your son is coming in a year. Sarah thinks this is hilarious. Misu, what in the world is happening here? Why do you think God came down in this way um, to make this this promise? What's going on? <laughs> well, I got to say, I'm 52 and Sarah's 90. And if, if I heard three visitors saying that I was going to have a baby <laughs> a year from now, I would be doing, I would not be laughing, Lindsay. I would not be laughing. So, but, but Sarah laughed. So there, there we uh-huh. have it. Um, I, I think, I, again, I think this is so precious. Um, what a cool thing, because I think this whole encounter was for Sarah's benefit. Hmm. God had appeared to Hagar in the desert. Right. Sarah's already jealous of Hagar. She's right. already ticked that Hagar can have children and she can't. She's already, you know, just has had to seethe for 13 years watching her husband fall in love with a son that's not hers. And on top of that, Abraham's God appeared to an Egyptian slave girl, but she's never heard his voice. Yeah. And now God finally appears to her hmm. in the form of three visitors, a little odd, granted, yeah, but right. he did it, you know, mm-hmm. he came to, and not only that, he told something that he'd not yet told Abraham. He gave her information that nobody else had heard within a year. You'll have a son. I, yeah. Those are precious, intimate things that God revealed just for her. And I, I think, again, we can see this real God reaching out in relationship to people in very intimate ways that he knew would touch Sarah. And, mm-hmm. and here is the thing that just tickles me. Sarah is such, oh my, Sarah's not very likable in my humble opinion. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I, it's hard for me to like Sarah. In this. Poor Sarah. Um, she, yeah. She, her name actually means princess. And yeah, uh, she's, mm, she's one of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But seriously, <laughs> who argues with God? I mean, God is sitting right there and he says, I heard you laugh. And she says, I did not laugh. And he said, yes, you did laugh. I mean, really, <laughs> stop arguing with God, will you? So, yeah. yeah, she's just not a likable girl. But um, yeah, I think he, he appeared to her for her benefit. So, all right, what do, what do Sarah, and, or Sarah now and Abraham do next, Lindsay? Tell us, tell us what happens next. All right, well, let me tell you a story. You tell me if it sounds familiar to you. <laughs> um, Abraham moves their camp away from Sodom and Gomorrah, which is a story I'm going to talk a little bit more on your blog next week. There's this yes. When these three visitors come, they also tell Abraham about um, God's purpose to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because it's evil. That's a whole section of the story that we're kind of skipping right now. Um, but I'm going right. to talk about it You'll on the blog. You'll take care of that so. on my blog next Friday. Yeah, yes. don't worry. Okay. So Sodom and Gomorrah is destroyed. Abraham moves their camp away from, from this destruction, from this area, and they go toward um, this area of Gerar. Now you tell me if this story sounds familiar to you. When they arrive, Abraham lies and tells the king of Gerar, King Abimelech, that Sarah is his sister. And so uh -huh. Abimelech takes Sarah into his household. Are you with uh, me? Are you tracking Egypt. with me? Uh, 25 <laughs> right. years ago, Egypt. Yep. Mm -hmm. Same yep. thing. This is the same and, sort of thing. So, And that's where they picked up Hagar, right? Right. Yep. That? Yeah, that's yep. where they put the Hagar. Mm. Okay. Yep. So Go this on. is this yep. is happening again. The same scene is playing mm -hmm. out. Um, yep. So Abimelech takes Sarah into his household. Um, our real God afflicts um, some of Abimelech's household again, just like he did in Egypt. He afflicts them. Well, he closes the wombs of the women say, in the household. This is a little different. Yeah, this is different yeah. because before in Egypt it was diseases, and this time right. he closes the wombs of the women's household. But that's for a purpose. So tell us about that. Well, maybe, yeah, it was for the purpose of Sarah was in the household and Sarah's about yeah. to, or she's supposed to bear a child of promise through Abraham. So maybe it was partly for, for her purposes there <laughs> that yeah. God closes the wombs of all the women in Abimelech's household. And so he does that, but then he appears to Abimelech in a dream and reveals mm -hmm. to Sarah, reveals to him that Sarah is a married woman and shows him, listen, this is not a good deal. <laughs> um, yeah. So Abimelech then has this interaction with our real God which is recorded for How us. Cool this is, is really that? interesting. And yeah. he kind of pleads with God to hold him blameless because he didn't know that Sarah was married. Mm -hmm. And and our real God essentially says to him, yes, I know you didn't know that. And that is why I prevented you from going near her, actually. Um, but now give her back to her husband or you and your household will die. And God also adds this little bit about um, also because her husband is a prophet, when you give her back to him, he will pray for you and you will live. And so this is a little yeah. bit different from our Egypt story now. So, yeah. yeah. So Abimelech gives Sarah back to Abraham and he kind of accuses Abraham, of course, like, why have you done this to me? Like, Why would yeah. you do that? Um, and Abraham says, you know, he feared that people would kill him because of Sarah's beauty, even though she's 90, 90 years old. Years old but she she's apparently was. She was a princess. A beautiful she princess. She was a princess. I, I mean, seriously, no wonder she was a little snooty. Right. Okay. All right. So Abraham says um, that he feared people would kill him because of her. And so he and Sarai worked out this story a long time ago. Tell everybody that you're my sister. Anyways, Abimelech gives her back kind of yells at Abraham, but then he also gives Abraham livestock and servants and land More and blessing. silver on behalf More of blessing. Sarah. Yeah. But then Abraham 
prays for Abimelech and God heals Abimelech and all the women in his household and opens their wombs. And so this is where I think it's so interesting. This sounds a lot like our Egypt story, but this time Abraham gets the opportunity to really be a blessing. You know, we're talking about the blessing to be a blessing and, and our real God turns Abraham's lie into an opportunity to, first of all, reveal himself to Abimelech. Um, That's so cool. Our real God also gives, I think this is our real God giving Abraham a chance to be a part of God's blessing, a chance to extend Mm -hmm. God's blessing to someone through prayer. Um, He gives Abraham this chance to be a part of God's relating to and revealing himself to someone else um, by praying for someone and seeing God heal them. And I think that's cool. I think that's different from the first time we saw this story. I think we're getting closer and closer to be a blessing. (laughs) You know, what does that, what does that mean? And our real God giving Abraham a chance to be a part of that. And so I think that's really cool. So anyways, after our real God opens the wombs of Abimelech's household, he also opens Sarah's barren womb um, at the very time that God had promised them. Yep. And so, Misu, why don't you tell us a little bit about this blessed and wonderful event that's coming in Abraham and Sarah's life? Oh, how awesome. So this 90-year-old princess, right? She bears a son. <laughs> I love it. Someone yeah. should make a Disney movie about a 90-year-old know, princess. A 90-year-old princess Disney, son, if you're listening. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And so... I, and I love it that they named him Laughter. They named him Isaac mm-hmm. because, you know, honestly, both Abraham and Sarah laughed when God told them that they were going to have this child at their old mm-hmm. age. I love it that they named him Laughter. And doesn't that tell us something about their their character? I think they both had a sense of humor um, mm-hmm. and they named him Laughter. I think that's so sweet. Um, Abraham circumcises Isaac on the eighth day. Mm-hmm. Uh, being obedient to that sign in the covenant, remembering that covenant that that he's made with God, and um, I, I I think that it's just kind of one of those happy endings that feel good. Oh, life is good. Yeah, awesome. Well, wonderful. For now, life is good oh, for now. For right? Now. <laughs> I know. So that's where dun, dun, it's a good place end. to end. Yeah. The next podcast, we're going to talk about what happens when God asks Abraham to sacrifice the very blessing that God has given him. He He's going to have to put both of his sons on the altar of his heart. And hmm. um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about that on our next podcast. But for now, and, we get to just revel yeah. in this this wondrous right. blessing That's of right. the blessed son, right? We'll just right. enjoy so that. that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Well, that's going to be all for us today, then. Um, be sure that you don't miss a single episode of Real People, Real God. And you can subscribe on iTunes or Androids or Stitcher or listen on Misu's Friday blog, which is at www.misuandrews.com slash blog. And we have notes for each podcast available on the blog on the day the podcast airs. And you can also post comments and questions on there. And if you have a question specifically for one of us, for me or Misu, um, just indicate one of us in there and we'd be glad to respond to those things for you. So thanks for joining us again today, everyone. All right. Come back next time. And remember, be real. Thanks for listening to Real People, Real God. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. 
we rely on real people to provide feedback and our real God to provide listeners.